Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Sabrina. And if you don't know me from other episodes of the Homeschool High School Podcast or from SevenSistersHomeschool.com or any of our resources on social media, we have Facebook page and group and Instagram and all sorts of lovely things. But anyway, if you have not encountered me before, then let me take a second to introduce myself and tell you that I am a veteran. I'm a homeschool mom of many, many, many years. And my youngest graduated a couple of years back. So I am not actively homeschooling anyone anymore, but I still very much believe in big sistering within the homeschool community. And so I hope that I can offer myself to you as a homeschooling big sister and that I might be an encouragement to you in all of your endeavors, that I might be, I don't know, a cautionary tale as I honestly share some of the mistakes that I made in the past and that I would love for you to avoid if you can. And I also hope that I amuse you or entertain you a little bit from time to time because, I mean, let's face it, life kind of needs a little bit of amusement and entertainment, doesn't it? Especially when you have teenagers. So today's episode is not dealing with a particular academic subject. It's not dealing with any hot topic in the news. It's looking at the whole of homeschooling high school. And it's looking back, for me anyway, because I have finished my homeschool high school journey and I graduated my fourth kid. But you, if you're listening to this episode, you are probably not at the end of your homeschool high school journey and looking back. You are probably about to begin homeschooling high school or you are somewhere in the middle of sophomore year, junior year. I mean, this whole picking grades thing can be really kind of challenging sometimes in homeschooling, right? Um, You're somewhere in the thick of it. And today's episode is kind of me looking back and sharing some big sister wisdom with myself, with the homeschool mom that I was when I first started homeschooling high school, which was in approximately 19... Nope. Let's see, when would that have been? Okay, so my youngest started high school in 2003, I believe. So wowee, we're going back a ways, aren't we? But I'm talking to that, Sabrina. And I'm thinking that it's possible that some of you listening to this episode today have some of the same concerns that I had in 2003. Maybe you have some of the same fears. Maybe you have some of the same excitement because I was really excited to start homeschooling high school. I wasn't like not sure I was going to do it. I was super sure I was going to do it. I had started homeschooling with my oldest at pre-K and I had always thought that it would be cool if we made it all the way to high school graduation. I took things one year at a time and always reevaluated where we were for each kid individually. I homeschooled four. I'm Mom in a blended family of seven, but by the time my husband Fred and I married, his three were already finished with high school, and they had gone the public school and parochial school route. So I homeschooled four of our kids from 
start line to finish line. And each year I would sort of look at our needs and um, our opportunities and what seemed to be the best fit for each kid as an individual. Because if you're a mom of more than one kid, you know this, they are not all the same. So every year we would decide, but there was always this hope in my mind that for at least one or some of them, I would get to homeschool high school. I thought it was exciting. So yes, I had fears, I had concerns, I had questions, but I also had lots of enthusiasm. And maybe you have similar enthusiasm to mine. I had a lot of connections in our local community. We had a very large and active local homeschool community in real life. And that was a tremendous encouragement, blessing, equipping source, just so many good things there. That's that's where sevensistershomeschool.com came from. Originally, we were moms who co-opt together way back in the day. And um, as time went on, and my oldest child was nearing the end of high school, and now my younger children were coming up through high school, and I was still homeschooling them, I added on to that in real life local community with virtual online community. If you're listening to this podcast, then clearly, at least to some degree, you have embraced online, virtual, homeschool, mom community. There's a lot of wisdom to be found in homeschool parents who share their homeschooling journeys with one another. And I want to encourage you to do that with others, whether it is locally in real life or whether it is in the many, many, many virtual opportunities. Homeschooling is something that needs lots of genuine, varied experiences being shared. So I just want to encourage you, if you have, if you have sometimes hesitated to share your homeschooling adventure with others, because, well, some of the stories don't actually make you look like you have it completely together. That's okay. In fact, some of those stories that include flawed humanity, they can be some of the most empowering and the most helpful. So share your story. All right, I am now going to look back. I'm going to look back to the Sabrina who was about to start homeschooling high school with her first kid. And I'm going to share the advice that I would give her if I had the chance to go back in time. Maybe this will be some helpful advice for you. First of all, oh my friend, there is not one right way to homeschool high school. So if you're looking for the formula, or the publisher, or the co-op, or the anything that's going to guarantee that high school goes off with no holes left behind in the um, academic learning, with all of the spiritual and character formation pieces addressed, everything neatly in place. If you're looking for that system, you will not find it. There is not one right way to homeschool because there is not one homeschool family that looks exactly like another. And within a family with multiple children, there's not one homeschool student who looks exactly like another. There's going to be variety. That's okay. If you try something that everybody you know has been talking about in glowing terms and it's not working out for you, own that knowledge. Set it aside and try something different. If it takes several tries before you find something that works, that's okay. 
There's not one right way to homeschool high school. Number two, not that we're really numbering this because I have no idea what order I'm doing this in. This is just a bunch of scribbled notes as I sat and prayed and thought before recording this episode. So they're not in any particular order and I don't know how many there are, but the next one is college is not for everybody. College is not a sign of having homeschooled high school correctly or well. College is a good fit for some kids who were going forward in life in ways that um, call for college. And other students are not going to be making wise choices if they go to college because college is not a part of what they need for their next stretch of life beyond high school graduation. College has become something very different than it was a couple of decades ago. And that ties very much to my next piece of um, advice to my younger self at the beginning of the homeschool high school journey, which is don't draw exact parallels looking back at your own experience. This is a tough one because your own experience when you were a teenager most definitely helps. It should influence the way you homeschool your teens in high school. You should um, be unafraid to look back and examine what you were like when you were in high school, to think about the things that you wish you had done differently, the opportunities that you wish you had taken advantage of, that you're now gonna try to provide for your teens. There's a lot to be found there, but there are not exact parallels. And um, I can't prove this, this is my opinion. Okay, I'm just being a big sister and I'm offering some opinions, but the reason that this is my opinion is because our world has begun um, changing at such an incredibly fast rate. It's like the rate of change has just accelerated and accelerated. And by the time I was in high school, my parents' experience in high school was already becoming somewhat disconnected. And by the time my kids started high school, wow, my experience was really different than what they were experiencing. The world was really different. I mean, the internet started sometime between when I started homeschooling and when I graduated my first kid from high school. We'll just leave it vague. Um, But sometime in there, we developed this information superhighway thing and went from dialing it up in our kitchen with our phone making all those funky (laughs) noises, you know, to having it um, in your back pocket on your smartphone in an instant. And that's a lot of change in a very small number of years. So when I look back at my experience, there will be some things that are just sort of universal teenage things. I mean, there's, there's pieces of human development that happened during the teen years. They just happen slightly differently now because of the technology and the speed of our society and our connectedness and our opportunities that were different. So there's lots of difference. There are also some similarities. There are some things that don't change no matter what. But recognize when you look back and resist the temptation to um, superimpose your high school experience onto your teen. Their experience is very different from yours. And it's going to um, be a problem if you keep looking to somehow recreate your best moments as a teen. Not only is your kid not you, this is not your do-over, but the world is really different 
And if you try to superimpose your experience and recreate your best moments, um, it's, it's not going to pan out the way you thought it would. And it may actually be very problematic. The next thing that I would tell my younger self if I had the chance to go back in time is that learning to learn is vastly more important than learning the things that other people already know. I understood some of this when I was homeschooling my kids and I grew in it over time so that my youngest was um, exposed to a lot more critical thinking and philosophy than my older kids because I came to value the power of learning to learn more and more and more as time went on. But if you are trying to make sure your kid has this base of knowledge that is going to prepare them for whatever they need to know after high school graduation. Well, okay, so here's the bad news. That's not going to happen. There will be holes in your kid's academic knowledge when they graduate from high school. That's okay. Your kid will have the rest of his or her life available to learn more. An attitude of lifelong learning is worth its weight in gold and learning to learn the way you are wired as an individual, understanding what things work really well for you and what things don't. Wow. To have that in your toolbox, to have that tool available where you know how you, you as an individual learn. Wow. If you have learned to learn by the time you graduate from high school, there is nothing that you won't be able to learn somewhere down the road if you need it. Some of learning to learn is intellectual, academic. It's recognizing whether you do well in a, in a formal class setting, whether you're very hands-on, whether you're very visual, whether you need lots and lots of words, whether you need auditory stimulation, th those kinds of things. Okay, that's part of it. But there are pieces of learning to learn that are also character pieces, character elements, things like how to ask questions, how to seek out help from people who know more about this particular thing than you do, that can vary so dramatically from one personality to the next. For the very shy kid, wow, that's hard because it means talking to people that I don't already necessarily have this relationship with and I'm asking them to share something of theirs and that's frightening to me. For the kid who um, tends to be a jump right in and just try it and see what happens, well, that's going to be hard because sometimes you'll need to learn something where you can't just jump right in, where there's a protocol that you have to follow, where there are um, steps of mastery within a, a job environment, for example, where you, you don't get to just go in rogue and figure it out on your own, but where there needs to be humility and uh, teamwork and so many different ways that we can help our kids learn to learn. And that's more important than doing our best to have them learn all the knowledge that's already out there. Oh, here's a good one. Homeschool parent, please resist the urge to compare your homeschool and your family to what other homeschools and other homeschool families appear to be. This was a problem when young Sabrina was starting homeschooling high school. It was easy to see how homeschoolers and homeschool families looked on co-op day or on Monday night at choir 
or on Thursday afternoons at um, our youth service and social groups that we had. It was easy to look then and think, wow, their family really has it together. Our family, on the other hand, we're trying, but oh man, I, I'm not doing this part right because I mean, look at, look at how it looks in their family. But for you, if you're listening to this podcast now, it's way harder for you. And I'm just telling you, my heart goes out to you because in the era of social media, it's brutal. The temptation to compare your insides to someone else's edited, photoshopped outsides is brutal. We talk about equipping our kids, our preteens and our teens to handle social media in a healthy way. But this is a big shout out right here and now. Moms, dads, check your own social media health. Because you may very well be spending an awful lot of time comparing your insides to somebody else's outsides. And you're not going to get wisdom from that activity. Oh, okay, here's one that's near and dear to my heart. And I so wish that I had understood this more when I was first homeschooling high school. Value communication over punctuation. That's a silly way to say it, I know, but I liked how it rhymed and stuff. So I'm a word nerd and I love words. And if you've ever been to sevensistershomeschool.com and looked in our ebook store at our PDF curriculum, you will see lots and lots of literature study guides and several writing guides and some speech curriculum and some drama curriculum, all with my name on it as the author. Yes, indeed, Sabrina Justison loves her some good words, and I've always loved words. But in high school, while our teens need to spend a lot of time reading and thinking about what they're reading and writing and even speaking in a fairly formal way, like public speaking kind of thing, you know, words while they're very, very, very important for teenagers, are more about communication and relationship building than they are about getting it right, getting it wrong, marking it up with a red pen, correcting spelling and punctuation and grammar. Please do not misunderstand what I'm saying. I do believe that grammar matters. In fact, I think grammar matters a lot. By the way, if you're looking for a really accessible grammar guide, not a straight up curriculum, but just like a lovely, lovely guide to have in your toolbox, please check out Grammar Granules at sevensistershomeschool.com. And no, I didn't write it, so I'm not promoting my own book. Um, Seven Sister Allison Thorpe, who also, by the way, is my biological sister, she wrote a lovely like pocket guide kind of for high school grammar called Grammar Granules inexpensive, super accessible, friendly, fun, even your teen will enjoy referring to it and it will help. But anyway, grammar, it's important. I love it. But you guys, Sabrina of younger years, please hear me here. There are other tools that can help written communication get shaped into the right shape in terms of grammar and spelling and punctuation. But the ideas behind what a a person is trying to communicate to other human beings. Wow, that's what matters. That's at the heart of it. Reading and writing, it's all about communication. Nobody told me that when I was in high school. Nobody told me that when I went to college as an English major. Nobody told me that for many years as I began homeschooling. 
It was something that I very gradually came to learn as I got a lot older. But the reading and the writing and the learning to do it correctly, while those things are helpful and important tools and should be a piece of our high school experience, they should not be at the heart of our English language arts endeavors. And if we can communicate to our teens, especially our teens who are reluctant readers and reluctant writers, if we can communicate to them the fact that um, this is really about communication, this is about setting them up to do a, a strong job sharing their ideas, their concerns with other people, and to also hear the ideas and concerns of other people and to understand them and to ask intelligent questions and to be able to think and respond. That's what all that ELA stuff in high school is really about, y'all. It's about communication. So I wish that young Sabrina had understood that a little better and had maybe slowed down a wee bit on the red pen marks on the punctuation and um, worked a little harder to help my teens understand the value of communication, regardless of punctuation. Alrighty, now for something completely different. Be trustworthy and be honest when you fail. Your teens are watching. They are watching you be an adult. They are going to be adults themselves very soon. And if you can give them one thing and only one thing, let that be trustworthiness, honesty, sincerity. I said one thing and then I said three words, but they all really point to the same thing, the same character. If you are careful with your words, if you are intentional with your actions, if you are honest in your relationships, and if you let your teens watch you own it when you mess up, if they get to watch you do all that is within your power to make it right after you've messed up, if they hear you say words like, you know what, dude, I'm sorry. I said I was going to do X, Y, or Z, and I didn't. And I'm sorry. I'm asking you to forgive me. If they hear you say a phrase like that, you cannot begin to imagine what it's going to do for their schooling for their learning, for their preparation for life. Why are we homeschooling our teens if it's not in the hopes that they're going to be prepared for adult life? If you can model humility and honesty, if you can value the importance of showing love by saying it when you messed up and by doing what you can to repair any damage that was done, Those kinds of things. Oh, young Sabrina who's just starting to homeschool high school. Those are the things that are going to prepare your kids for adulthood. If your teen disagrees with you, guess what? That does not automatically equal disrespect. Teens as a part of human development. You know, by the way, I keep mentioning human development. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, or if you kind of sort of do and you think, hmm, I might like to lean into that. There is an awesome sauce, high school elective course by Vicki Tillman, available through sevensistershomeschool.com in the ebook store in convenient PDF format. And it is called uh, Human Development from a Christian Worldview. Fantastic. One year, one credit social science high school elective. 
check it out. There are things that your kid will learn in that course that will serve them well the rest of their lives as they understand better how human beings develop all the way from birth to old age. Cool stuff. So anyway, part of human development, part of the natural course of things is that teens question things. They push back to find out what is solid and what is going to crumble. And that is actually a super healthy, really appropriate, God-designed stage in their development. But if we as parents feel threatened every time our kid questions us or disagrees with um, a position that we hold, even if it's a really big position, I'm talking like, like doctrine. Like if your kid is pressing back and pushing against doctrine from the scripture that you have taught them from very young and that you are not about to stop believing for yourself, that pushback, that disagreement does not equal disrespect. What it does is it's evidence of the fact that your kid is taking some personal responsibility for thinking, for not just swallowing whatever is told to him or her from a voice that sounds authoritative and just automatically assuming that it's truth, but is instead pushing against things to find out if they are true. So when your teen disagrees with you and it makes you feel threatened or uncomfortable, young Sabrina, who's just starting to homeschool high school, I'm going to encourage you to remember that it's all in the tone and the attitude. Disrespect is not to be found automatically in disagreement. Disrespect is evident in the attitude and the tone and the manner in which that disagreement takes place. Think about it. You know this is true just from grown-up to grown-up disagreements that aren't happening in your own house, that are happening within your community, within your extended family, on your social media. You know the difference when someone is politely and respectfully disagreeing or asking questions, asking for more information and clarification, and when they are pushing buttons and pouring gasoline on flames in order to make an explosion. You know the difference. Trust yourself and let it be okay for your teens to respectfully disagree with you. It's actually helping them be prepared for adulthood. All right, moving along here, we're getting close to the end of my advice to my younger self. Creativity saves lives. Do not underestimate the importance of fine arts. Do not underestimate the importance of taking walks in the beauty of creation, in observing and being in awe and delighting in the creativity that is in its full in our creator God and that is also in us as he has given us the ability to create things and to create beautiful things. Uh, The fine arts are not an extra that you do in high school if you get a little bit of time. The fine arts are a beautiful, amazingly powerful tool for survival in life for an awful lot of people. There are a few folks who are just really not very creative and that's not their their thing and, and that's okay. You don't have to force it on your kid. But a lot of times we relegate the fine arts to uh, when we get a little extra time. And uh, I wish that young Sabrina who was just starting homeschool high school could know 
that some of that time spent pursuing visual arts and music and dance, that some of those moments would be some of the most profoundly educational in all of high school. The ability to create something, to create cosmos in the midst of chaos, I think is the way Madeline Langle says it, that can save lives. In a season like a lot of us experienced over the course of 2020, when COVID-19 hit the world with a pandemic and when so many of the patterns that we were accustomed to in our lives and in our homeschools, when those were just, just tossed inside out, upside down and backwards, and we were trying to scramble, wow, that creativity in how do we do this? How do we do family life? How do we do education? How do we do this? The creativity that grew out of that is really good stuff. And it saved some lives. Don't discount that. Cultivate that in your teens. Encourage it. This is not an extension of elementary school. Homeschooling in elementary school is a wonderful, challenging thing. But high school's different. Most parents that I knew who were looking to homeschool high school after having homeschooled elementary middle school. The fears that they expressed, anyway, maybe they had other fears, but the ones that they expressed were primarily about academics. How am I gonna teach chemistry with labs when I don't actually remember anything about high school chemistry and I don't know how to do labs? It was that kind of thing. It was, I'm not a good writer. How am I gonna help my kid learn how to write an MLA style research paper? Most of the fears that I heard and most of the fears that I myself experienced were about specific academic subjects. And the best advice I got, which was really good advice, was stay in community, connect with other homeschoolers, share your strengths. If you are good at one thing, there's somebody else who is good at something that you are not good at and you can work together to help each other. That's great advice, but separate from the fears about how do I teach a particular academic subject, I would like to suggest that there is something that we should be maybe a little bit afraid of as we started to homeschooling high school, and that is that we're going to keep trying to do the very same thing that we did when our kids were younger. Instead of embracing how very different teenagers are from little children, and therefore how important it is that we allow our homeschool to be different as well. There's a lot of autonomy. Um, We need our teens to begin owning their education in ways that we do not need our third graders to own it. There are questions that our teens need to be encouraged to ask of themselves, of their peers, of the world, even of us as their parents, that really would not be appropriate for their seven or eight-year-old siblings to ask. There are experiences and responsibilities that need to be embraced. There are things like driver's ed. There are things like part-time jobs. There are things like, dare I say it, boyfriends and girlfriends that are not a part of the elementary school experience. If we think that this is just gonna be an extension of elementary school, then we're gonna struggle. And this kind of brings me down to the home stretch. I wanna encourage you to find freedom in the following phrase. Get ready for it. You might need to sit down if you're standing up. Here's the phrase that I actually want to encourage my younger self, the mom who is just starting to homeschool high school 
back in 2003-ish, I want to tell that Sabrina this, and I want her to find freedom in this statement. There are actually worse things that could happen than the particular crisis that you are killing yourself to avoid in your teens. I'm going to say it again. There are actually worse things that could happen than the particular crisis that you are killing yourself to avoid in your teens. There's not a formula. There's no guarantee that things are going to work out the way you envision them. And no matter how hard you work or even how successful you are in avoiding the particular bad outcomes that you imagine, let's see, drug addiction, horrible French choices, lying, sneaking, theft, violence, alcoholism, sex outside of marriage, drug, uh, the, the, the list could just go on and on and on. All those things that you don't want in your teen's life because you're a good and loving parent. I mean, who would wish that on their kid, right? But all of those things, guys, they're not the be all and end all. And no matter how hard you work to avoid those things, there are, there are other things. There are other things that you've never even thought of. Now, here's why this is good news. Here's why I want you to find freedom in that statement. If you, as a homeschool parent, take that energy that you would put into avoiding those things at all cost, making sure your kid does not, you know, end up pregnant outside of wedlock, making sure your kid does not end up with a drug addiction, whatever the horrible, scary thing is. If you take that energy and you pour that into your own personal relationship as a disciple of Jesus, if you pour that energy into learning to truly trust that God's love for your child is greater than your own, if you pour that energy into growing as a Christian, you're doing it right. You'll be prepared for the unimaginable should it happen. Because the focus for our teens, even more, I think, than for our younger children, because our teens are equipped to emulate it in ways that our younger kids are not, the most important thing is for our kids to see us need Jesus in front of them. They need to see us be limited and not have it all figured out. They need to see us know how to hit our knees. They need to see us know that we will never be cast aside or forsaken because, well, we just fell short one too many times. If they see us experience grace, if they see us experience redemption, that will be the absolute best thing that we could ever have given them when we homeschool high school. So young Sabrina from 2003-ish or homeschool mom or dad who's listening to this episode of the Homeschool High School podcast, find freedom in that. You are not the one who loves your kid the absolute most. God loves him even more. And the best thing that you can possibly offer is to let go of formulas, of guaranteed outcomes, of all of the right way, the one right way. All those things that race through your head, that race through your community, 
that you hear from other people that you look up to and admire. Let go of those things. And instead, follow Jesus in front of your kids. If you do that, then no matter what else, when you look back, you're going to be glad that you homeschooled high school. I hope that's been a help to you. If you're looking for more big sistering on specific topics, you can find that in the blog at sevensistershomeschool.com. You can find lots and lots of peer sistering going on amongst lots of homeschool parents who are um, in the trenches right now, just like you are, or who are maybe just a couple of years farther down the road. Check out the Facebook group, Seven Sisters Homeschool, and um, learn wonderful, wonderful things from others who are homeschooling high school now and who are dealing with all sorts of the same situations that you're dealing with. Learn from the decisions that they're making. Ask them what their experiences were. Oh, you guys, it's so much better when we do this linking arms and when we form a community. And I hope that you will continue to link arms with your older big sisters at sevensistershomeschool.com. Vicki and Kim and Marilyn and Sarah and Allison and I, we care about you. We have been in similar shoes and we know how much of a blessing it was to us to have um, the wisdom of women who were just a little bit farther down the road than we were and to be able to use curriculum resources that they had found to be helpful. And that's what we're offering to you. So check it out if you have not before. SevenSistersHomeschool.com. That's where the Homeschool High School podcast comes from. And we are also delighted to be carried on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network, where you can find other podcasts that will be a blessing to your homeschool journey. Thanks for joining me today. Bye-bye.